0: So here's our series, Christ in the Chaos, as I have just demonstrated right there, (laughs) because things do happen in life. The phrase we use so often is life comes at you, and guess what? It's going to keep coming at you. As long as you're drawing breath, life's going to keep coming. The question through all of that is this. How do we respond as it comes? And I will say this to you. You can take it, leave it, your choice. In my study of Scripture, in my personal experience, it has been to me that we make those decisions before those events take place. In other words... If you're just kind of casually strolling through life and you think, oh, it's all wonderful and everything's going to be fine. Well, guess what? It's not. And it won't. Because it's life. But at the same time, when we are as we should be, walking in Christ, staying in His Word, spending time allowing the Holy Spirit to truly have His place in our lives, life will still come at you. I promise you it will. In fact, if life is not coming at you, let me know. I'll be happy to pray for you so it can. (laughs) Because we all need it. As I use the illustration, and most people don't believe me anymore, but I used to be a weightlifter. Yes, it was a few decades ago. That's true. (laughs) And what I learned when I was lifting weights was, if there's no resistance, there's no benefit. In other words, when I was trying to build muscle, as it was in that day, if I walked into the gym and picked up two two-pound weights, then yeah, I could do repetition, and it would help. It'd be good cardio, but it wouldn't be muscle building. And so God in his infinite mercy, grace, loving and kindness and wisdom wants us to build our faith. And if it's not built, excuse me, it will not be built if it is not tested. So every time your faith is tested, what should you be doing? Praising God. Hallelujah. God, you love me this much. You're taking me through this. Amazing. I thought there'd be some kind of response on that one. Oh, I got an amen over here in my amen corner. Hallelujah. We're in a time in our world where this Christ in the chaos is more real than ever. Some on very personal levels, and some on corporate, and some on world. But we're the ones who get to decide how we're going to respond to whatever it is that comes down toward us. So, there's this phrase. I've taken it from Jeremiah. Let me just go ahead and give you the scripture. Forsaken and broken. Jeremiah 2.13 For my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me The fountain of living waters was life. How long can a human being go without water? Normally three to five days. Now there are extremes and I understand that people can go longer. We've seen that happen. But typically three to five days. The thing about going without physical water is that dehydration starts setting in pretty quickly. And so there are symptoms that we begin to notice. Sadly, however, when it's spiritual water, it can take longer for those symptoms to reveal themselves. And so it takes longer for us to be aware of, and sometimes longer to recover from, what has been done by not partaking of the living water of God that He offers so freely and so abundantly. Instead, what he says is they've hewned out themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, it just so happens that I have a little experience with cisterns. When we were in northern Ohio, as we moved there, having lived in southern Ohio for a number of years, we ran into something rather unique. And that is that you, you could have wells, but you couldn't drink the water from your well. And the reason you couldn't drink the water from your well was because it was contaminated with sulfur. How many of you have ever smelled sulfur water? All right, it stinks, does it not? Smells like rotten eggs. So we move into this house and I gotta tell you as a kid at first, I wasn't even aware that the water coming out of the tap was not coming from a well. There was a difference, I noticed, because we were living on the farm and we were having livestock, livestock in the barn. And man, when I turned the water over there, it was like, whoa, we got rotten eggs up in the house. But in the house, it wasn't like that. And after a little bit, my dad explained, every home here has a cistern. In this case, a very large cistern. And all the gutters of the house are funneled into the cistern as long as you have rain you have water but when you don't have rain you don't have water because you still can't use the wells so what do you do we would have to hire somebody or as I got older and I could drive a truck we would have to go to a municipality and literally load up 500,000 gallons of water and bring it home And I promise you, I cannot forget the first time that I was allowed to do that by myself. Thousand gallon tank on the truck. I'm going through Bowling Green, Ohio. I see the light change. I hit the brakes. And I sped up because the water shifted to the front of the tank and literally sailed me through that red light. I learned to slow down after that. But my point is, our life was based upon those cisterns and what was provided for us in those cisterns. The other thing was very clear was you want to keep your gutters clean because that's where your life water was coming from. So I know a little bit about cisterns and how important they are. How many of you know that Chester used to base their water on cisterns? You go uptown, there's a plaque uptown that tells you there's a remaining cistern there. What, 22 feet deep, I think it says. And that's where the water for Chester came from. So my first trip to India. We walk into the courtyard and there's this large concrete above ground cistern open sitting right there in the courtyard and what we found out was that in the city of Coda, which is where we were they would turn the water on now this is a city of almost a million people at the time they would turn the water on for one hour a day and so what you were able to capture in an hour is what you had for the next 24 hours And so they had this large concrete cistern, open cistern, and they would fill it up. And then they would take buckets and carry it up to the top of the building, a three-story building, and put it in tanks for pressure to go down to the building. And we were told very carefully, whatever you do, do not drink the water out of the tap. Do not brush your teeth with the water from the tap. We had baptism, and they were baptizing everybody, including lepers. Guess where they're baptizing? In the cistern, right out front. We've been there about three or four days. Some of you have been here long enough to know Olin Roberts, to have known Olin Roberts. He was with me on my first trip. I walk in the bathroom after three or four days, and he's standing at the sink brushing his teeth. I didn't see a bottle of water. I said, Olin, how are you brushing your teeth? Just brush my teeth. Why? Where are you getting the water? From the sink. Even the Indians were amazed he didn't get sick. I mean, that's how contaminated the water was. So in parts of the world today, there are cisterns just like there was in the part of Ohio that I grew up in, part of it where it was so crucial well it was crucial for them in this day too because they had to have a place to store their water but look what the scripture says first of all they have forsaken me so I would just pose the question and I'm going to put it in the first person have I forsaken God what does that mean See, when we read the scripture, we're going to come to it in a little bit about in the last days and all this stuff. We've been over it, and we've been over it, and we'll keep going over it. These things are going to happen. One of the titles that I had for this message, this is the third one, was cooking the frog. How many of you ever tried to cook a live frog? Well, you people must not like frog legs the way I do, but anyway. <laughs> But you don't usually cook them alive. The whole idea is that to cook a live frog, you've got to put him in a cool pan of water and slowly turn the heat up so he doesn't realize the temperature is rising until it's too late, and then he frog legs. Well, that's what's happened to us in our culture. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Bill talked about it last week the things that we have allowed to take place in our western culture not just here but around the world but we're focusing on here this is where we live and how we've allowed things to come in that were never allowed before things that would have been if they were spoken of they were spoken of quietly and typically in secret but now this whatever will be will be sera, sera, right So, we have forsaken our God. We have forsaken our core beliefs as a nation. And then we, of course, have to answer the question have we done that as a church? Have we done that as a family? Have we done that as an individual? They've forsaken me, they've forsaken the fountain of living waters. And in place of that, they have hewn out for themselves cisterns. Now, I mentioned the ones in Ohio, I mentioned the ones in India. That were all man-made, and they did the job of containing water. But notice what God says to his prophet. Their cisterns are broken, and they can't hold water. Let's see if we can make it more applicable. We don't like the way God does things. It's true. We don't like the fact that God says that we are to be held to a holy standard. We don't want that. We want to be free to do whatever the heck it is, whenever the heck we want to do it, wherever the heck we want to do it, and with whomever we want to do it. So what did we do? that they did we created our own systems. we created our own belief systems that will accommodate our sin and that's why when the news comes on now and things that used to be wrong are now right it's because we are living with broken systems. and the call of God for all of us is to look at what's happening. The Spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith. Again, how do they fall away? Well, some people just quit attending a local church. That's one evidence. But that's not the normal way that this happens. You know how it normally happens? You know, God... I'm really busy. I really am with all my stuff that I've got going on. So I really don't have time for your word. And I definitely don't have time to talk to you about what's going on because you might say something to me that I don't want to hear. And why would I bother since I'm not going to do it anyway? And why read this? If I'm just going to be a hearer of the word and not a doer, For they fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of lies, lies in their own conscience, seared as with a branding iron. It's the Word of God, Spirit of God working, using the Word in our lives... But we have so scarred our lives that it has difficulty penetrating. It's not that he can't, and it's not that it won't, but it has difficulty because we put something more between us and him and his word. And we've made what our sin is to be normal because our culture has now said, sin is normal. Just live like you want. It's okay. Do it. Men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared by, in by those who believe and know the truth. See, there are certain cisterns, religious systems made that are prominent in our world that say, you know what? Uh, you're not supposed to be married. Now, they base that on Paul and Peter, which is Interesting. In that northern part of Ohio where I live, most of my friends, the ones that weren't pagan were Catholic. And I'll never forget how they would tell me this stuff, and I'm thinking, okay, who cares? But then when I came to know Christ, and I started reading the Bible, I found out that Peter, who was supposed to be the first pope, and that's why you're not supposed to be married, that Peter had a mother in law. Then I realized, oh, that's why when those guys go to Mass, it's all in, it's all in Latin. So then i not read it. And I, I'm not kidding. When we were growing up, that's what it was. All the services were in Latin. And to abstain from certain foods. Now, I confess, I confess, I have maybe taken this biblical truth a little too far because I don't abstain from any kind of food. I like it all. See, they've created. Man has created his own systems, his own systems, which builds a false faith that is contrary to the word and the will of God. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with gratitude, for it is sanctified by means of word of, by the word of God in prayer. That's a quick quiz. Don't raise your hand. But how many of you even bother to pray and thank God for your food before you eat? I said, don't raise your hand. (laughs) I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm trying to challenge us. Do we even bother to express gratitude for the fact that we have food to eat? That we live in a nation, yes, with problems. There's no question we're in that time of chaos. But we're still blessed with an abundance of food. It costs more, yes, but so far, still available. Are we even grateful for that? It's been a long time, so I'll use my old India story, another one. On that first trip, and Olin Roberts and I were there in the courtyard, and we were working with some of the leaders there, and there were three little girls sitting on the curb there, and uh, the workers from the orphanage were going through these little girls' histories because you have to understand, every orphan in India is not really an orphan. Some of them, their parents just bring them and say, we can't afford to raise them, here, take them, and they walk away. Now, some of them will come back for visits, and some of them will write, but They still have parents living, but they're unwilling or unable to take care of them. So the workers are explaining to us that the little girl in the middle is a true orphan. They said, as far as we know, she has no living relative in her life. We know of no one that she has. And they said, as a result, she has never, ever received a gift of any kind from any person ever. Olin, a lot quicker than me on the uptake, reaches in his pocket and pulls out a stick of gum and hands this little girl a stick of gum. Three little girls sitting there. Without hesitation, she takes that stick of gum, tears it into three equal parts, and gives it to her friends. Church was out for me that day. I'm thinking, really? Really? She gets her first gift and the only thing she can think of is sharing it equally with her friends. How do we respond? How do we live? See, we have our own systems. We have our own systems. And as a result, they leak because they were not intended by God to hold God. They can't. But just taking the opportunity to thank God for the food that we have is one place to start if you haven't done that if you are doing it hallelujah thank you because lawlessness is increased most people love most people's love would grow cult. see this is what we're talking about now the lawlessness in america has increased what was wrong is now okay what was wrong is now right not according to god But according to our systems and our cisterns that we have built to replace what God says is the right way to do it, to live the life that he's given us to live. And so their love has grown cold. I am blessed to be in a marriage that has now been for coming up on 53 years. Yes, you guys should celebrate that for Sheila, that she's had me for all those years. (laughs) And yes, that was my meager attempt at humor in the message today. But our love has never grown cold. This morning, she and I, as we do travel around town, pray different places and we were in one of those places praying we saw this couple I don't know if they were married or not I have no idea but boy they were fighting and they were fussing and I told Sheila I said I'm so thankful that we've never had any of that does that mean we agree on everything oh no that doesn't mean that because we're very different people but there's no fighting and fussing There are discussions, for sure. But what a blessing. And to think that her love for me, after all these years would grow cold, is... I I can't imagine that. I I really can't imagine that. And I'm so grateful that I don't. But God says in His Word that there are people. People whom He loves so much that He gave His only begotten Son so that blood of Christ could cover their sin. And they would say, no thanks. I still want to do what I want to do. Often forgetting even to know or to realize we live in the grace of God. Bill Stalling sent me a little video this this week. I've told it twice First time I didn't do a very good job, so I'll try and do it better now. Because we need to get this. Because this is God's sister and God's system, not man's. Guy shows up at heaven. The angel greets him at the gate. Can I help you? Yep, I'm here to come in. Well, who are you that you should come in? I'm nobody. Why are you here? Because I was told to come. Well, can you explain your you know your background? Can you give us give me illustrations? The angel says, of why I should let you in. He goes, I have nothing. Well, why are you here? I was told to come. The angel says, I need reinforcement. He goes and gets the supervisor. There are supervisor agents, angels for those who don't know and he brings him over and the supervisor says so there seems to be some difficulty about why you're coming in so why is it that we should let you into heaven he goes because i was told to come well now wait a minute so help me understand what is your what is your biblical view of salvation he goes i don't have any you don't have any How in the world can you be here expecting to get in heaven and you don't even have a biblical view of salvation? How can that be possible? He goes, I don't know. I was told to come. And he says, let me try one more thing. He says, do you you even have any understanding of the doctrine of righteousness? He goes, I don't even know what you're talking about. So the angel says, Okay. So why are you here? Because I was told to come. Well, who told you to come? The guy on the cross beside me. Well, that's about the same response. I got with the family, okay. (laughs) The cistern or the system that God has for us is his grace that is provided for us. It isn't our works. It's not our pedigrees. It's not our religion. It's not our denomination. It's our relationship with him only. Period. Now, please get this. As a result of our personal relationship with Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives every day, that's why we will study the Word of God. That's why we will spend time in prayer. That's why we will desire to be in the fellowship of the body of believers. That's why we will be always desiring His presence in a greater capacity. That's why. But that's His system, not ours, because there's some, as He said, for even though they knew God, this is in Romans chapter 1, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. You think about it, because I see it. It, I can't tell you what it does in my heart when you see somebody who they, they start coming on board with God and they start getting some truth and they start beginning to have the light that they need. But then, as the scripture says, the cares of the world come in and they get so busy and all the stuff we've got to do and all the stuff we've got to have. And so the darkness comes back in. Worse than what it was to begin with. That is unbelievably horrible. It says they're foolish hearts. Because let me tell you what, if you're not walking, I can say this to anybody in this world, and I know they will disagree, many will. If you're not walking with God, having having received that incredible blessed gift of salvation, then you are foolish indeed. Indeed. They profess to be wise, but they are fools. They exchange the glory of the incorruptible, incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and the birds and four feet, four-footed animals and crawling creatures. He says they just make images after images after images after images. They're making their own cisterns, they're making their own systems, and they're celebrating those things and worshiping those things. And choosing those things. What are those things again? Images. I had one of those when I was 18 years old. It was called a 66 Chevelle. That was my image and my idolatry. It can be your job, it can be your house. can even be your family because there's nothing wrong with having a job absolutely good thing to have a job nothing wrong with having a house good thing to have a house and certainly nothing wrong with having a family god in fact ordained all that but those are not the first things chris said it earlier to love god with all your heart all your mind all your soul and love others as you love yourself And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, and evil. See, it's easy for us sometimes to sit in the church building and look out and say, oh, look at all those people out there. They're just so messed up. They're so foolish. God's looking at our hearts. And that's why we ask the question, have I forsaken God? Have I chose to build a system that is not his system that I'm trying to live by because it suits me? Not because it is honoring to him or to his word. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. Gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. Man, Paul, are you kidding me? Remember, he did this by the power of the Holy Spirit. And although they know the ordinances of God... That those who practice such things are worthy of death. They not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. God, here we go. I mean, I'm just watching the news bites that I do take the time to look at. And I'm seeing that we live in this world where brutality is celebrated. sexuality outside of marriage is celebrated all the time gossip slander disobedience of parents it's celebrated and God is saying that is the evidence of that cold heart that continues to get darker and darker and darker as they pull themselves away from me and then here's the answer. You've heard this before. You'll hear it again. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. This is a battle, folks. It's on. Whether you like it, don't like it, or you agree, don't agree, it doesn't matter. This is the battle. What is the standard? The standard is the word of God. So how can you sit and listen to it, and listen to it, and listen to it, and then look at your own life and lifestyle and be contrary to what the Word of God says? It happens all the time. It happens here, just so you know. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful to the destruction of fortresses. And we're destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Man, oh man, that's our God. That's his provision. That's the work of his spirit in our lives. And we get to walk that out and live that out every day because we are his light. We are the ones who recognize him. And my prayer is that we're not the ones who are forsaking him. Like I said, it typically doesn't come in big things. It can what typically is that cooking the frog. It's that slow, gradual change that you don't seem to notice. This is going to sound legalistic. I promise you that's not my intent. I used to enjoy reading my Bible every day. And now I do it maybe once a week. I used to enjoy my Personal time with God in prayer. But I really have gotten busy. So that time's not available that I once had. And I do truly enjoy the fellowship. A while ago we were doing meet and greet, and I, I sometimes am curious if we didn't call you back to your seats. Now I know. You have to understand. We have some folks that meet and greet is the most horrible time in the world for them. I'm sorry. We don't mean for it to be, but for some, it is. Like, I didn't come here to meet and greet. I came here to sing, hear the message, get up and go home. And that's not a bad thing. But part of our identity with Christ is our identity with one another. And so my question would be, if we just let it go on and on, how long would you guys go? You know, I, can I tell you how long, can I tell you when it would stop? It's church tradition. It would stop at lunchtime. <laughs> Have you forsaken God? Are you forsaking God? See, no one standing as your judge except the Spirit of God who so desperately, desperately with the Father's love has poured that love out in your heart at every opportunity that he has allowed. Is that not amazing? Is that not amazing? That holy God, who demonstrated his love by giving his son, is now taking that same love with the Holy Spirit Putting that into us. Not just so we can, you know, get all puffed up, but so it can be dispersed through us. And it sounds really good, doesn't it? We're sitting here. We make sure we're on the opposite side of the church of the people we don't like. You guys got to hear this. This is hilarious. It is to me. The other day we had two of our church members. I didn't know they'd, they'd never met. And so we're talking, and in our conversation, they meet. And you know what the first question was? Well, where do you sit? (laughs) We're a little traditional, if you hadn't noticed. So next week, when you come in, just go find you another seat, see what happens. You might find some wonderful people on that side of the church too. (laughs) These are just incredible blessings that God gives us. Please, please don't, don't go back to that broken cistern system that isn't of God, but instead move to the living waters that is God. Would you stand please? God, here we are. Most of us in this room are your kids. You know us. You love us. And the ones you haven't come to you yet, you love them too. To the point that you gave your son for them just like you gave your son for us. And you have an open invitation for every person to come to you. Holy Spirit. If any of us in this room gather today or anybody who hears this message, if anybody is forsaking you, I pray, Holy Spirit, for true, true conviction and true repentance. I pray that if we have decided to live within our own created systems or cisterns that do not work, that will not hold water, as your word says, That you will absolutely destroy that. And we have nothing left but you. That's my prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen.